yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm still here after all these years, after all these tears I shed. Welcome back to I'm Still Here. I'm Larry. And I'm Heather. In 1998, I was diagnosed with stage 4 breast cancer at the age of 26. It changed everything for us, but I'm still here. In this episode, we're going to talk about your role in cancer treatment. Yeah, so I get so many questions about what did you do? And we know it's not... (laughs) It's, it's so hard to break it down into like one specific thing and we're all different, right? But we were talking about how we could really kind of um, tell you about the different areas of focus that I really spent my time and energy on um, as I was going through treatment and kind of that post-diagnosis to, to get myself kind of rolling on the right track, right? For sure. And we, uh, I mean, you get, you get a lot of questions just got... You know, one this morning. Yeah. Um, and, and they're great. They're great questions. Yeah. And we tried to think of, okay, how do we cover a lot of the same questions that you get in, you know, a few episodes? This will probably be three or four episodes of, you know, a, a lot of the, maybe not answering the questions outright. Right. But covering and then indirectly those answered those questions. So... Um, we kind of broke this down into four areas. I, I don't, we're debating yeah. on what we call them. <laughs> they are just four areas of what she focused on, on a daily basis. And they are, you know, the mental side of things. She, she took that very serious, the, the physical side of things. And that can be exercising. That can be honestly the food that yeah, you eat. Nutrition. It can be the rest that you get. All of those, we'll cover those later. Um, the spirituality, and that can be different for everybody, but um, that was a big part of, of her healing. And then finally, the medical part of it, uh, the you going to the doctor and getting treatment and <laughs> the people involved in that, and we're going to touch on that later. But today, we're going to talk about the mental side of it, what you did mentally on a daily basis, because it certainly wasn't all roses, right? I mean, it certainly wasn't Oh, every day is butterflies, and you woke up in the morning, and you were just mentally right, and you smiled and skipped into the kitchen. No. I mean, that wasn't the case. No, not at all. And honestly, I was just trying to build a base of how do I do something every day to help myself uh, feel like I was playing a role. So I kind of gave Mm. myself the title of like being the captain of my wellness team, right? So um, I, I... I wanted to do something. I didn't want to be a fix me patient. I didn't want to be waiting around for the next appointment for something to happen. Just was really important to me to be able to kind of start thinking about how I could use, you know, the life that I had, the time that I had um, to uh, move forward and hopefully make a difference in terms of, you know, my cancer treatment. So... Yeah, and I mean, I don't actually know where you got this, or maybe you were just born with this, but, you know, some of the things that you did in in picturing, you know, getting a mental picture of the medicine, the food, the, uh, talk a little bit about that. I mean, did you read it somewhere and kind of steal that idea, or did you... Did you just say, no, this is well, what works for me? you know, it's funny when you say that, it, um... <laughs> You know, this was a long time ago, and I feel like mm-hmm. I keep saying that. But I actually, I think one of the things that spurred that for me was that a woman sent me a cassette tape of Bernie Siegel, 
who uh, wrote Love, Medicine, and Miracles. He was a doctor that was very famous at the time that for like visualization and things like that. Hmm. And this woman didn't know me from anybody. She was kind of a friend of a friend of friend sort of situation. But she had been um, dealing with cancer for a while. And she was also looking into everything she could do besides treatment you know as well as treatment i should mm -hmm. say we are i am a proponent of treatment for sure yeah. um but anyway she sent me this tape and she said listen to this every day and and i think that's what really cued me into like oh wait a second and it was a it was a very simple visualization about kind of like you know feeling the light come into your body and all these kind of things but it just made me go wait a second, what I'm thinking about really matters, makes a big difference in how I feel and how I'm able to kind of approach everything. So so get, you know, as detailed as you can, because I, I know, you know, you'd go in for a chemo treatment <laughs> yeah. and stuff, and it wasn't a negative thing for you. No. Even though it was going to make you feel not good and yeah. all that. But you kind of embraced that and you switched it around and that was so impressive. And yeah, so I really took this and started to learn about visualization and realized, oh wait, I can use this um, for my benefit all the time. So I got, you know, of course with chemo and things like that, people are talking about how sick you're going to be and how you're going to feel terrible and blah, blah, blah. And like, uh, just to use my drug that I referenced last time, adriomycin, everybody calls that the red devil. And people are like, because it's so hard on you and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, oh, it means it's so effective. It's so good, right? right? So I would think about, you know, this red devil coming in and actually like targeting those cancer cells and doing all of the things that um, just would be really empowering to me. And yeah. I took it a long ways. I mean, I literally, even as I got into some of my really serious treatment, um, I had visualization tapes made uh, with, I worked with a therapist in the Ann Arbor area mm. specific to my medicine. So, so when they put them in, we started, list, I started listening to that stuff. And it just, um, it, it really just helped me uh, change how I felt about chemo and even, um, you know, or any of the medicines I'm on, I've been on uh, a medicine for since 2004, uh, Fosladex. And even that I hear people talk about it in a way that I don't view it at all. Like I, I look at the positives in my treatment and I don't, you know, I'm not going to focus on the things that are maybe a little bit uncomfortable, I mean, I'll take uncomfortable in life versus, you know, being yeah. upset with that kind of stuff. So I remember you, you know, thinking you're starving the cancer. Yeah, because, yeah. You know, your cancer was hormone driven. Yep. So you like, okay, I'm going to get rid of hormones. Ha, cancer. You are yeah. starving. And I, right. and I mean, you pictured that happening, which was, I know it was just you and you just do that. I'm telling you from other people's perspective there's going to be a lot of people that hear that and go, oh, no shit. Yeah. Huh. I can do that. That's something yeah. we can do. Um, and you just did it. Yeah, I think, you know, you don't have to necessarily be as intense as I was or no. can be. No. But I also just think, you like, it, you know, that's really what gave me the energy and um, helped me feel hopeful. All of those things was, was really being able to kind of play a... A big role and my thoughts yeah. were the number one number one thing so yeah and so 
you know, uh, also, which which goes into that, you know, I'd, I'd walk into the bathroom in the morning and getting ready for school and stuff, and I'd and look up, and there would be quotes all over the mirror, and so talk, talk about that. Yeah, this is like self-development, or whatever, personal development 101, right? Like, you, you do, the, the things you see are what you focus on. It's kind of similar to, like, when you get a new car or a new car to you, you start seeing all of those cars on the roads, right? So I would put quotes, <clears throat> excuse me, I'd put quotes up on the mirror. Mm-hmm. Um, I would, every day I'm killing cancer or um, maybe it would be a verse or, you know, it would be all of these things. But I would just have them as reminders. Um, in your car. In my in car. Mirror, you can that, put them yeah. everywhere, yeah. you know. So. And it just, I think... For you, because every day was not sunshine by any means. You guys know it was so hard. It is so hard. Yeah. If you're going through it right now, um, it's a difficult thing. And just those things to maybe mentally get you back on track. Right. I mean, maybe you have something specific to that. Well, and I just think, I guess what I was going to say with that is that, like, I... I realized that none of it was going to be harmful, right? So I really was very much of the mindset of like, if it's not going to be harmful and it's not taxing on me to do it and it actually makes me feel better, then I'm going to try it. I'm going to do it, right? So like putting a quote on a mirror was, you know, something that was helpful to me. And it also just kind of, it kept us all in the game, right? I guess in terms of this is what the priority is for me right now. So, yeah. Okay. So, I mean, I'm a big believer in, uh, and I coach my kids and, and, and do this is you, you'll become your five best friends. I truly believe that. I think the people that you hang out with, you adopt what they do. You, you start doing positively or negatively or those kind of things. Um, I think you did that to some extent in the cancer realm. I, I think you built your bubble yeah. were the captain of your team, and I think you did surround yourself with. I don't want to say positivity because that's the wrong word here. Right. But, but I think I was trying to draw inspiration in any way yeah. that I could get it. Right. So, mm-hmm. um, it looked a lot different um, in 1999 and 2000 and things like that. And when I when I think about role models, I'll, Lance Armstrong was somebody mm-hmm. who was going through, yeah. and I, I, I don't care how you feel about Lance, he kicked cancer's ass, right? <laughs> like, I mean, Cheater. <laughs> it is what it is, right? But he, uh, no, that no, was, he did. I, you know, I read his book, um, It's Not About the Bike, um, and I remember like drawing inspiration from that. And also like it was, I feel like it was early 2000s also that like Michael J. Fox came out talking mm-hmm. about his Parkinson's. And again, just he really chose an attitude of mm-hmm. I'm going to do everything I can do. I'm going to embrace my life to the best of my ability. It was things like that. Anything that I could find um, yeah. to kind of help guide me. But I also would take that kind of stuff and I would, I had this red notebook and I started it right at the beginning of my treatment. And I honestly, I would put things that I found in it. So like quotes or uh, scriptures or whatever it was, I would I would write them down. And I would, I my red notebook went everywhere with me for one thing. And I would also just review it on a daily basis, you know. And sometimes I would rewrite things because I know that's how kind of things go into my brain. So yeah, you, you still do that today. I mean, yeah, yeah that, that carries on. Um, just 
Yeah, maybe you for you. Yeah, this worked, but maybe you could talk a little bit how writing and you coexist. <laughs> yeah, so like any sort of writing, I I feel like uh, there's this ongoing track in my head of thoughts all the time, and sometimes they're positive, sometimes they're negative. But when they're negative, I almost get worked up you know, with them continuing to go around and around and around. So one exactly. thing that I found was that I could I could write them and it was a way to dump those thoughts. So I literally sometimes, even, I mean, recently, like I will start a journal entry and it literally says, write, just write, just whatever comes to your brain. And that helps me kind of get rid of the, the things that I'm really kind of ruminating on that I know are not doing me any good. Mm. Um, but it also like would help me to relieve my stress in ways of, you know, kind of that list in your head or those things. One thing that was really important to me because my, you know, Sydney was so young, she was under, she was 14 months old when we were diagnosed. So as I'm going through, especially this first year of treatment, I would think, oh, there's so many things I want to tell her. And so I literally just started writing letters to her. You know, and it eventually uh, became more of a book. But just being able to say, like, this is what I'm hoping for you, Sid, or this is what I want, or this is who, you know. It, and you didn't do that to the extent of, I'm going to die, here's these no, letters. No, 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 you know, it, no. It wasn't that. No, it wasn't that. And I think there's a kind of a, maybe a careful balance of that, or mm -hmm. that's where you also have to um, choose what's best for you. I could do that in a way that I perceived it as just being able to like, oh, I, I said that. <laughs> and so hopefully mm -hmm. I'll be able to say it in person. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, a lot of times I, I did, of course, but um, it was, it, yeah, it, it's not, it wasn't meant for me. It didn't take me down this path of doom, right? Right. So. Yeah. Which turned into a book. I don't know if you've read it or not. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So, in for for the people listening to this, the, you know, somebody might think, "Well, I, I just don't write," and that and that's fine. I think everybody can journal. I, I, think I that's agree. A capability, I think it's even if yeah. you've never done it before, or you can actually probably verbally dump it. Also, do a that's voice I mean. memo yes. type of thing or something like that. There's know? definitely different avenues that I think for the person get them to the same yeah. goal of is, you know, making them mentally right and yeah. being able to take on the next challenge or get through the next yeah. hour or yeah. whatever that is. I should say, too, I mean, one of the things is, like, mentally, um, I, I set a goal. Now, I'm an occupational therapist, so we know that goals, that's kind of what the whole premise of being an OT is, is setting a goal. And, um, you know, my big lofty goal was that I would see Sydney go to kindergarten. And it, it felt like a really a big... Yeah. Well, and, and if you didn't see the previous episodes, I mean, um, you were given a diagnosis where... Yeah, you know, I mean... The, get your affairs my, in order, right? Yeah, my first doctor told me to get my affairs in order. So I, and, you know, I just knew that it was um, definitely sort of an uphill battle, I guess, but anything yeah. that I could do. So I remember setting that goal of, of watching her go to, or seeing her go to kindergarten um, but then you break it down into kind of what what are you going to do each day? And so I, mm -hmm. I kind of really started this daily schedule, you know. Uh, we talked in a previous episode about how I did um, choose to have Sydney go to daycare or to a babysitter every day so that I could really um, come home and focus on myself and kind of these, these areas that we're talking about. Um, 
Mm -hmm. And it just changes everything. It gave me also the opportunity to really learn about how my brain worked and how it processed things. And I could, I remember so many things like where I would, I would be, you know, feeling uh, something, some sort of ache somewhere, right? Big, yeah. It was all the time. And so um, I would, I would feel an ache and I would be able to uh, turn that around and say, no, that's the chemo working, or that's the treatment working, might be a better way to say it, or that's, um, it's not pain, it's your bone healing, or I really spent a lot of time doing yeah. that, countering every negative thought, because it just, it felt like I was either going down, or I could pull myself back up. And sometimes, too, I would realize that I needed you to help mm -hmm. me do that, right? Yeah. So we've kind of developed the system over time where... Um, where if, you freak out and I say, it's, it'll be okay. And, yeah. yeah, I usually wait a couple days on the before I tell him because when I think a thought and I think, oh, that hurts or that doesn't feel right or whatever, mm -hmm. I give it a few days. Sometimes just thinking it or almost like speaking it out loud to myself makes it go away. Like... It, we're weird like yeah. we're no, humans no are weird yeah. right how they this do this stuff yeah. awesome. but but then i found also that if that doesn't work then i'll say something to you yeah and then if sometimes a lot of times it will go away or my concern will go away with that but if it wouldn't the next step would be to talk to my doctor mm -hmm. so it was kind of this whole process of i'm not gonna freak out mm -hmm. right now i'm gonna try to see if this is a real, um, you know, problem, or if it's something that my brain is making up, which is still going on today. Yeah, for sure. This that you know, with your, you know, your cancer and your diagnosis, and it, it, that's never going to go away. And I, well, you've you've gotten a crazy level better. I yeah. mean, than twenty three years ago, it was. I mean, it was it was really hard. And yeah, but I, I like. I will say, so I know, of course I know when my next scan is, mm -hmm. right? And when my next appointment is. Yeah. And there's a part of me that's like, okay, I'm not going to think about that until this time, right? So it just, it, mm -hmm. you know, cancer is such a careful balance of trying to live life and <laughs> also, you know, take care of your, your needs, you know. Yeah, and there's, there's thousands of stories out there. On how people, I think, mentally uh, beat something. I, I'm just yeah. going to stay vague, and, and it has yeah. can have nothing to do with cancer. But we've all we've all heard those stories of how how our brain is unbelievably powerful, and I think it's another thing that you just put in your toolkit to go. Well, I should give it a try then. You know, I, I yeah. should be. I, I should do this in a positive way and turn everything around to that. Because what if it was the thing? And, and we don't know no. of all the things that you did and the little things to the big things, what it was, the reason why you're still here. Um, but something worked and we're going to tell yeah, you all and about I, those things. Again, that comes back also to quality of life, right? So sure. it, it really has helped me live in a space of um, feeling grateful for things, feeling, um, being able to be joyful about things, not being stressed about what is coming. Mm -hmm. You know, I feel like that's what cancer can steal yeah. is the day-to-day -day stuff also, right? Mm -hmm. So it's And that's why it's so important that what your team is around you. 
Who, yeah. Who's around you and are they bringing you up or bringing you down? Yeah. Um, and you are the captain, so therefore yeah. make changes in your lineup if you need to. Uh, and, and that's that's just the truth, and that can There's be really hard. coming out. No, it's, it's true. Those things are hard to do at times, but yeah. um, when you're looking at this, you get one life and this is it. Yeah. Make changes in your team and, and surround yourself that'll with people that will allow you to be mentally focused on yeah killing cancer and on just having the best life you can. Right. That's huge. Yeah, I agree. I think, you know, we, I was at a slight advantage because a lot of people in our family are in healthcare. And I think so we, we all felt a little more competent about kind of, um, Mm -hmm. you know, being able to kind of have some control and do some things that way. Well, and and Dr. Mariva really helped with that. Oh my gosh. And, And not only that, when we, you know, she, also did a double stem cell transplant, and the doctor, uh, maybe we don't say yeah. all names, but um, she was great too, and, yeah. and, and contributed to that yeah. mentally positive, you know, the drink some green tea and we're going to start killing cancer on Monday. That is unbelievably positive, and you've taken little bits of what people have said to you, yeah. and you've chosen the positive part, but you just stole them and hung on to them yeah. and repeated them and wrote them down. Yeah. And I think that really, really contributed and continues to contribute to your health. Yeah, I I would agree with that. I think I'm constantly also thinking about like my stress level, whether or not something is adding to my life or taking away from it. And I protect that. I protect it more than people understand. It, mm-hmm. um, especially, you know, being metastatic. I, I was bald at one point, but mm-hmm. I haven't been bald for years. And, and, and with metastatic, it's so... People don't understand what what it means, for one thing. They also don't understand what you're going through. Mm-hmm. Um, they generally, a lot of times they will say things like, oh, so you're cured now or you're in remission. They don't understand kind of this level of treatment that goes on forever, right? right? But I, I, I protect all of that. I am vocal when I need to be with people um, about, you know, hey, I know I look normal, right? Mm-hmm. I look yeah. well, but I have, you know, metastatic breast cancer and it's for real. I, you know, treatment doesn't end. No. And, and there's a lot of physical and mental scars that go with metastatic absolutely. breast cancer that people don't see any of those. Right. Right. And, and yeah. then we made a lot of choices early to preserve my life. And now, mm-hmm. you know, I deal with side effects of those things. And yeah. again, it's all I choose to keep it as positive as possible. But we, mm-hmm. we definitely deal with them. For so. sure. Okay, well, that's something, you know, th- this mental side of you guys attacking this, and, and this is something that you can do. What yeah. what can you do? This is something that everybody can do. Yeah. And, and it doesn't cost a dime. Yeah, and I would say with that, just kind of the first maybe thing I would think about is what's the what is that track in your head? What is that those thoughts? What are they? You know, and and if they're negative, how can you counter them? So, yeah, we, you know, it, it, all of this stuff is is therapy. We didn't (laughs) call it that, but that's what it is. And uh, maybe it's a therapist, but maybe these things were these things were her therapist. In going through that because it just wasn't as accepted then. Didn't the even, ther- I don't think it was ever even offered uh, yeah, to me, yeah. honestly. So, um, but, you know, the fact is. I'm still here. All right. Till next time. See you. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
I'm still here After all these years, after all these tears I shed I'm still here And I'm walking this earth like I should be There was days that I didn't know if I would be Feet in the ground and my head in the clouds Cause I'm still here Like I should be Yeah, yeah, like I knew that I could be Here we go, here we go Hey everyone, I hope you love this episode of I'm Still Here and I wouldn't want you to miss out on what comes next. So be sure to rate, review, and follow this show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast, especially if you found it helpful. We need all the shares, likes, stars, and love we can get. We'd also love to hear from you. Leave your comments and questions and we'll incorporate them into future episodes. Have a great day.